Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Friday, September 2nd, and this is People Every Day. Hello and happy Friday. It's me, Janine Rubenstein. And just like you, I am so ready for this three-day weekend. Oh my gosh. So let's not waste any time and dive right into what's bubbling up out there in the world. Britney Spears' family drama continues. A few weeks ago, we discussed how her ex-husband, Kevin Federline, shared edited videos of her scolding her sons from a few years back. Federline said at the time that their two sons, Preston and Jaden, had not seen their mother since before her wedding to new husband, Sam Asghari. Now, 15-year-old Jaden is speaking out on his own. In an upcoming interview with ITV, Jaden speaks candidly about his relationship with his mother, saying, quote, I 100% think this can be fixed. It's just going to take a lot of time and effort. I just want her to get better mentally. When she gets better, I really want to see her again. Jaden then addressed Brittany directly and said, quote, I love you a lot. I hope for the best for you. Maybe one day we can sit down like this and talk again. Jaden also echoed what his father, Kevin, had said previously in public and defended Britney's parents, Jamie and Lynn Spears. Spears' son said he thought that his grandfather, quote, doesn't deserve all the hatred he is getting in the media. Brittany responded to Jaden's comments in an open letter on her Instagram account, where she seemed frustrated to say the least. Brittany's post read in part, I say to my son, Jaden, that I send all the love in the world to you every day for the rest of my life. My love for my children has no boundaries. She went on to slam both Federline's parenting and her own parents before addressing her sons again directly, writing, I would love nothing more than to see you both face to face. You and your brother both are brilliant, and I'm so proud to call you both mine. Brittany's post is almost four pages long, and you can read for yourself how strongly she feels about all of this. I'm still not sure what to make of the back and forth between Brittany and her sons, but I hope for her sake and her family's sake, they can find some middle ground soon. Moving on to the accusations surrounding comedian Tiffany Haddish. And just a heads up, that this story does contain claims of sexual assault. In court documents obtained by People, we learn that Haddish is being accused of aiding and abetting fellow comedian Aries Spears, who a woman says molested a child while Haddish was present, an allegation that the actress's lawyer strongly denies. A woman identified as Jane Doe is suing Haddish and Aries Spears on behalf of a minor ID'd as John Doe. The plaintiff claims that Haddish was a, quote, longtime family friend of hers and John Doe's mother. Per the filing, the plaintiff says John Doe was allegedly molested by Aries Spears in 2014 after Haddish told him he would be taping a reel for Nickelodeon at Spears' home. While there, Haddish allegedly told Jane Doe that she needed John Doe alone and took him to a room where Spears allegedly began molesting the then seven-year-old on film. Court documents claim that Haddish witnessed the alleged incident and, quote, aided, abetted, and watched Spears sexually molest a child. 
But Haddish's lawyers told people in a statement, the plaintiff's mother, Treza Morris, quote, has been trying to assert these bogus claims against Ms. Haddish for several years. Every attorney who has initially taken on her case, and there were several, ultimately dropped the matter once it became clear that the claims were meritless and Ms. Haddish would not be shaken down. Haddish's attorney added, quote, now Miss Morris has her adult daughter representing herself in this lawsuit. The two of them will together face the consequences of pursuing this frivolous action. For his part, Spears's lawyer also says in a statement shared with People that he, quote, isn't going to fall for any shakedown. The suit is ongoing, and if what Haddish's lawyer says is true, then it may be dismissed sooner than later. But we will definitely be keeping an eye on this moving forward. And shifting our focus to another difficult story coming out of Hollywood, Discovery Plus's Army Hammer docuseries House of Hammer is now available for streaming, and a member of the Hammer family is speaking out even more about the family's alleged dark history. Casey Hammer, the aunt of actor Army Hammer, said in a new interview that she, quote, wasn't shocked when the allegations came forward surrounding Army, and further stated, quote, based on my experiences in my family, I suffered from abuse. It was just a way of life. She told this to the Daily Beast. She said, quote, you don't wake up one day and become a monster. It's learned behavior. So despite the shocking and gruesome cannibalism and sexual assault allegations surrounding her nephew, Casey did not seem surprised, saying, quote, once the allegations started unfolding, I was like, here we go. Another hammer man and something that's being said about them. An attorney for Army Hammer did not immediately respond to people's requests for comment. With the docuseries dropping today, I'm sure we will learn a lot more about what's alleged against the Hammer family. And now, for our next story, we will dive into the Hollywood drama unfolding over in Venice. This weekend, Don't Worry Darling is set to premiere at the famed Venice Film Festival. And you guys, I am calling it now. There is going to be a movie made about all the drama behind making this movie. The Venice Film Festival is well underway, and one of the biggest movies premiering there is the highly anticipated Don't Worry Darling. The film is directed by Olivia Wilde, and it has been generating so much buzz, particularly about the drama that happened offset. There's a lot to get into here, especially around the supposed feud between Olivia and the film's star, Florence Pugh. So joining me now is People's Executive Editorial Director, Charlotte Triggs. Hey, Charlotte. Happy Friday. Hey, Janine. How you doing? Well, so a big selling point for Olivia about this movie is how female pleasure is going to be depicted in it. But first, tell us what Olivia has said in the past about this topic and her most recent comments as well. So she's very much into it, and she's viewing the sex from the woman's perspective as, like, taking a feminist stance almost. And by the way, this movie is a big deal for her career. It's like she's directing it. It's a rather big budget movie and everything like that. So there's a lot at play here about feminism and all of that. She said when describing this movie that she felt like straight sex was not being depicted in an erotic way in film recently. And that if you wanted to see good sex for a woman, you had to go look at queer cinema, which was a very interesting observation. So she said in her film, <laughs> this is like a little risque, but in her film, the men don't come, only the women. And it's very, very prominently featured in the trailer that Harry Styles is going down on Florence, who plays his wife. It's unclear exactly what that has to do with the plot. But, you know, it was very important to her to depict that on screen because she feels like it's it's almost one of the last taboos, right? And she very much believes that 
you should see more of that and that you should see more women being pleasured on screen. Wow. And this is apparently really rubbing Florence the wrong way? Like, what are we hearing about how the talent is receiving the way this film is being packaged? It's a little surprising when the star publicly contradicts the director, and then the director goes back and says it again and doubles down. (laughs) Florence said that she felt like it was really unfortunate that the trailer kind of diminished the entire movie and the actors and everybody to just this one sex act. And she says, it's really predictable that you like, sure, you take the hottest musician in the world and you have him go down on a woman and then there's your trailer. And she felt like it was very reductive and very kind of exploitative in a way. And she's kind of not seeing the feminist end of things that Olivia had kind of been espousing. And this public contradiction is really jarring because we've heard such little from Florence about this film. And it's like in this day and age, it's so easy to read between the lines that, you know, people are noticing this stuff. And it is like, it definitely does not seem like an accident. There's just drama swirling ahead of this premiere because Florence has also said that the Venice Film Festival is the only publicity she's going to do for the film, which is highly unusual for something that a lot of people probably thought was going to be an awards contender. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. This is such an interesting debate. But there was more drama on set as well that we're hearing. And at least that's what the rumor mill is saying. As we recall, Harry Styles replaced... Shia LaBeouf. We'll get to him in a minute, right? Harry Styles replaced Shia as Florence's husband. And then Olivia, in short order, and Harry Styles became a couple. And there's been a disputed timeline of what her breakup was with Jason Sudeikis. Olivia has stood by the line that she and Jason had broken up at the beginning of the pandemic. And for her to fall in love with Harry on on the set, actually, she didn't indicate that they fell in love on the set. She said that they connected after the film was wrapped, which is an important part detail for her because she was the employer, recall. That whole timeline has been disputed. Jason's side has indicated that like he thought they were still together when she went to shoot this movie. All of this timeline is very like, it's very squishy. It's very alluring. It's the kind of thing, by the way, that men do all the time, right? So in a way, her going and doing what she wants is taking a bit of a feminist stance, but she's also being judged in a post-Me Too world for inappropriate workplace conduct, perhaps, potentially. It's already messy, but let's get to that Shia LaBeouf situation and, and enter him into the chat because fans know, as you said, that he was originally supposed to play Jack, Florence's husband in the film. And when Olivia told Variety why she allegedly fired him, Shia had a massive issue with that. So remind us what she said and then tell us what Shia has to say. So she, in this big Variety interview, said that his process was not conducive to the ethos that she demands on her productions. But nonetheless, she said straight up she fired him because of the way he behaves. If you're him, obviously, that's like pretty problematic, especially if you can dispute that account. And so... You know, she had said that she believed that creating a safe and trusting environment is the way she needed people to do their best work. He was like, no, that's not true. I quit because we didn't have any time to rehearse. You knew that. And I would really appreciate it if you didn't paint this narrative of me because everybody will remember he is a bit embattled himself. You know, FKA Twigs said that he was kind of abusive in their relationships and stuff like that. But it's like his reputation has been through the gutter. We don't really know why he actually left the production, if it had to do with like Florence not wanting to work with him or something like that. But then of course, there's this video that's kind of the nail in the coffin here. Olivia calls Shia 
begging him not to quit the film. Sweaty, but I wanted to reach out because I feel like I'm not ready to give up on this yet. And I too am heartbroken and I want to figure this out. And, you know, I think this might be a bit of a wake up call for Miss Flo. And I want to know if you're open to giving this a shot. So just drama on top of drama on top of drama. I mean, yes, totally. <laughs> Crazy. Well, people had a big issue also with Olivia calling Florence, quote, Miss Flo, which, I mean, I feel like women who, you know, are, are, are used to, you know, going through the monthly changes <laughs> would be like, why would you pick that name? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yes, totally. <laughs> but yes, fans called it condescending, right? Yeah, she definitely takes a little tone there. And it's like, Miss Flo, if like, if you guys can make peace and if Miss Flo can really commit, it's like, which calls into question like whether she's like disparaging Florence's commitment to the project, which, you know, like that's an actual like, claim about somebody's professionalism, I'm sure that's not sitting well with Florence. Last question. Do you think this is going to affect the box office on this film in a negative or a positive way? I think it might actually benefit the box office because people are hearing about the film and people are curious. However, I do think it might impact their awards show, the prospects for like the Oscars and the the award circuit. If you can't get the talent to promote the movie. Wow. Well, I, for one, am excited to actually see this movie. We will, of course, keep you guys updated with any new developments that come from the press surrounding this film. Charlotte, it's always so great to have you on. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Janine. Coming up, French Montana recently became the first African-born rapper to reach diamond status. We sit down with him to talk about his success in the music industry and hear how he's using his platform to provide at-home services for fighting addiction. But first, back-to-school season is upon us, and the Labor Day sales are here. One of the things I know can be a struggle in middle school, high school, or even college is figuring out what to wear, especially for that first week. So to make sure that student in your life is dressed to the nines, we're sitting down with our favorite fashion expert, Andrea Laventhal, for her 2022 back-to-school wardrobe recommendations right when we come back. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. We are back, and unless you live under a rock, you know that it is that time of year, back to school. Sure, we parents have to get all the supplies and figure out schedules, but what is really important? The back to school fashion, of course, and with one of the biggest sale weekends upon us, we want to make sure you are out there arming the students in your life with the latest fashion trends. Joining me now is our guru on this topic, People's Beauty and Style Director, Andrea Laventhal. Welcome back to the show, Andrea. Hi. I usually look to my niece, Kaylee, for the latest trends. And and I have to say, I feel like she is like reliving my favorite movie, Clueless. You know, that scene in the film where they go around the lunch tables and you see the different groups, like on any given day, she's like grunge versus like school. I don't know what's going on. So is fashion of the 90s 
really where it is, Andrea? Well, yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's everything old is new again. And right now what's old slash new is 90s as a sidebar that makes me feel very old. So that means we are seeing all the teens and tweens wearing a lot of the stuff, frankly, I wore when I was their age, which is kind of fun. You're seeing the chunky shoes, you know, the Doc Martens, the chunky sneakers, chokers, okay? Corset style tops, which just gives me like Brenda Walsh 90210 vibes. Another thing that's really big is wide leg pants. They're not doing like the skinny jeans anymore either. They're really going big with their pants. And then they're balancing it with tiny tops, which is also another conversation for another day. Because I saw a group of middle school girls walking the other day and I was like, who let you out of the house in that little sports bra? You know, it's funny. My niece is nine. Her vibe right now is all about the oversized sweatshirt, the bigger, the better over a pair of bike shorts to the point where she's been stealing my older brother's sweatshirts to wear to school. And I told her that that is called lampshading and that Ariana Grande did it a few years ago. And if she really wants to go all out, she should pair it with over-the-knee boots. And then I remembered she's nine and told her she's not allowed to wear those. Oh, God. Then there's the Barbie core, pink. So funny. The Barbie live action with Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie isn't even out yet. And yet Barbie core is like everywhere. It's that very saturated, hot pink. And, you know, the kids can't stay away from a bright color. So that's a fun one. Another thing I did in the 90s, played with Barbies. This is all just very nostalgic. So let's get to the sales. It's a big sale weekend. So where can we find all of these trends? I think that it's always great to hit up the big stores, especially when you're shopping for kids. You don't want to invest a ton of money on stuff. Also, they're growing. So what fits in September may not fit in January. Yep. I'm going Old Navy. I'm going Gap. Marshalls, Target, TJ Maxx, all those stores. And if there's one thing your kid really loves, I say, let them pick out one special item and hopefully they won't grow too much. You know, it shows a little more personality and, and, and way more of a vibe, as the kids say. Vibes. Thank you for this vibe, Andrea. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. I can't wait to go shopping. French Montana has a lot to celebrate these days. His hit single, Unforgettable, featuring Sway Lee, which you just heard, recently reached diamond certification from the RIAA. But the rapper's achievements don't stop at topping the charts. The Moroccan-born and Bronx-raised artist has made pairing his success with charitable efforts a huge part of his career. And French is also launching a partnership with Guardian Recovery Network to create Naki Healthcare, which centers on in-home addiction treatment. And this particular cause is near and dear to his heart. So we do a wonderful feature in the magazine called Why I Care. And we're going to give you the audio version of that today. Joining me now is French Montana here to discuss not only his busy life, but the cause that has him caring deeply these days. So French, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm so good. Well, first things first, congratulations on reaching the diamond status for Unforgettable Iconic. 
<laughs> man, it feels great. But it just it just feels even better to know that I'm the first African-born artist to reach that that goal. And for those who don't know, that means 10 million units moved. We took so long to celebrate it. I think it's at 11 already. <laughs> awesome. And you recently released the mixtape Montega with Harry Fraud and the music video for the single Higher dropped earlier this week. So, so what would you say is the theme, the vibe behind this latest project for you? We use a lot of old school music, a lot of sampled music, a lot of things that people been listening to for, for centuries. And, and we just put our own blend to it and we keep the movement moving with music. And I feel like me and Harry Fraud, when I first came out, he was the first person that I locked in with, that I found my sound. And me just, just having everything come back full circle and doing a whole project with him. I feel like it's something that I want to do since the beginning of my career. Well, we see a lot of artists who gain success and then they're jet-setting to all these exclusive places around the world. And and you do that, but you also made it a huge priority to visit these small clinics in places like Uganda to help raise resources through charitable efforts. So why is that something that's so important to you as you continue to find success? Me being from the motherland, and just witnessing for years and years and years, just people would just come to Africa and take and never give back. The, the talent is from there. The music is from there. A whole lot of things is from there. A lot of things originated over there. I feel like people would just come and take, take, take and never give back. So I made it my goal that whatever money we made, we would definitely give everything that we can back to help. I want to talk about 2018. It was a a year that a lot of people remember where we lost Mac Miller to a drug overdose. Mm -hmm. It sent shockwaves throughout the industry. I know he was a close friend of yours. So so can you take me through how losing him ultimately, you know, helped lead you to teaming up with Guardian Recovery Network to form Naki? I feel like me coming to L.A., and being friends with a lot of people that's going through the same stuff that Mac Miller is going through. And just doing my homework and studying and realizing that in the past 20 years, the overdose level have doubled. I've been thinking about this for, for a very long time. What can I do to help? And when the Mac Miller thing happened, it just put the icing on the cake. And it was just like, we got to come together and finally make this thing happen. So I met with this lady named Sharice. And we then we got up with Guardians. They've been doing it for about 15 years. We put it together for about two years now, planning. And we finally just opened it up the other day. So I'm very excited and very happy that we can cure people, especially at the comfort of their home. A lot of people are private, especially when you're an artist. And I feel like when you go through your problems, you want to stay private and you want to be taken care of wherever you're comfortable at. I have covered music for years. I have been around a lot of musicians. I know that it is a grind, even though you are doing something creative and expressing yourself and living your art. It comes with all these other trappings. So how do you personally just, you know, keep it together? I mean, you know, they say it's the easiest thing to get into and and it's the, and it's the hardest thing to get rid of. I try to keep the company around me on the same mind state that I'm on. Because every day you celebrate in L.A. When you accomplish something, you celebrate. When you take a loss, you celebrate. And every time you celebrate, you're having a drink. And every time you celebrate, you're having your own vices. And after a while, that becomes an everyday thing. It becomes addiction, you know? You talk about surrounding yourself with great people. And you have one person in particular that is extra special, 13-year-old, that's going to school. How is fatherhood treating you these days? Oh, man, I, I love my baby Cruz. He's in school, 
playing basketball with hoop dreams. You know, he in um he in Jersey. Right now, I'm in, I'm in L.A. I'm about to go see him next week. Man, I love it. Well, before I let you go, I have to know what's next. You're so busy. But what does the rest of 2022 look like for you? Well, I'm working on an album with me and Kodak Black. It's supposed to drop at the end of the year. We just finished a documentary that we're dropping at the end of the year also. Well, we will be looking for it. French, thank you so much for stopping by and just opening up with us. Man, thank you so much for having me. All right, you guys, Labor Day weekend is here, and I know people will be firing up those grills for one last big summer cookout. Since so many of you will be tasked to make something this weekend for your family and friends, we asked People's Associate Editor for Food and Lifestyle, Antonia DeBianchi, to share a fun, tasty, and healthy recipe with you all. Take it away, Antonia. Hi, everyone. Happy Labor Day. To say goodbye to summer, I thought we'd share a refreshing dish that really captures the quintessential flavors of summer. Plus, it allows you to throw an unexpected ingredient on the grill other than hot dogs and hamburgers. This grilled watermelon salad with tequila lime vinaigrette from cookbook author David Rose is super simple, and all it takes is grilling watermelon. The rest, you just mix together. So you're gonna start by preheating the grill to high 450 to 500 degrees Fahrenheit, and then you're gonna prep your dressing. Start by whisking together two tablespoons of tequila, two tablespoons of honey, two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, and you guessed it, two tablespoons of chopped fresh cilantro. Then you're gonna add one tablespoon of lime juice, one tablespoon of Dijon mustard, and then you're finally gonna add one half teaspoon of kosher salt. You're gonna mix that together in a medium bowl and then set it aside. Now it's time for the fun part, which is grilling the watermelon. You only need one small seedless watermelon for this. Super simple, cut it into one inch wedges and remove the rind. Next, you're gonna place it on the grill, unoiled, and grill it for about five minutes per side and make sure the grill is covered. Then transfer it to a large platter. And now it's time for the toppings. The toppings are such a nice complement to the grilled watermelon that got all nice and caramelized on the grill. So to finish it off, you're gonna take a quarter of a cup of thinly sliced red onion and just sprinkle it on top of the watermelon. And then you're gonna drizzle the tequila lime vinaigrette all over the salad. To round out this super simple recipe, of course you need some cheese. So you're gonna sprinkle two ounces of Katiha cheese over the salad and then add 10 fresh mint leaves and finally as much chili lime seasoning as you'd like. The final result is the perfect sugary, tangy side or appetizer for your end of summer barbecue. Oh my goodness, that sounds amazing. I am always down for caramelizing anything. (laughs) Thank you so much, Antonia. You can get the full recipe and find a few more fun ones at people.com backslash food. Well, thank you all for kicking off your long weekend with us. We are off on Monday, but we'll be back with you on Tuesday. Have a fun and safe weekend, everybody, from all of us here at People Every Day. People Every Day is produced by Chrissy Lindquist. Tony Mantia, Amy Machado, Madison Lesby, with help from Patrick Vermillion and the great team at Pod People. People's producers are me, Janine Rubenstein, and Charlotte Triggs, with help from Eliza Sessler and Fallon Harge. Edited by Morgan Foose, Carter Wogan, and Michael Aquino. And executive produced by David Flumenbaum and Zoe Ruderman. <laughs>